Kiora. It's Friday the 5th of July 2019 and welcome to the Week in Tax. I'm Terry Boucher, Taxpert and Director of Boucher Consulting Limited, a tax consultancy helping optimise tax for small businesses, individuals for, with overseas investments and other professionals. This week, the Lost Ring Fencing Bill becomes law. Um, the Inland Revenue announces it, the annual rates for motor vehicles and business use of um, the offices. There's a sort of fix together with a sort of fix for the prescribed investor rate issue and the scale of the of the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Developments Automatic Exchange of Information in Initiative is revealed. To give it the taxation brackets annual rates for 2019-2020 GST Offshore Supplier Registration and Remedial Matters Act has now received the royal assent. This is the legislation which enables the collection of GST on low value imported goods. And this will start from 1st of December this year. It also includes the highly unpopular and very controversial uh, Ross ring fencing rules, which, which will take effect from the start of the 2019-20 tax year. And that's normally 1st of April for most people but conceivably could be as early as 2nd of October 2018 for others. As I said, the measure is not um, terribly popular. It means that as of now, um, losses can no longer from residential property investment can no longer be offset against other income. Instead, they must be carried forward and offset against future income. And in some cases, they may be offset against uh, gains that are realized from Brightline test. Um, this may force some change in behaviors from investors, some of whom may find that without the tax breaks coming through, um, the owning a house or an investment property is actually no longer financially manageable. I mean, <coughs> there was a whole business model built around this 10 years ago. Blue chip was, um, it was the, the source of, um, the source of blue chips um, business model and it relied on taxpayers getting the tax refunds to have the cash flow to be able to afford interest rates and the running of the property they were in effect banking on capital gains to make to return a um, reasonable investment have a reasonable investment return all that's gone now we may see some movement in the housing market as a result of it um, and I think the, the inland revenue will gather another 190 to 200 million dollars a year as a result. But it was terribly unpopular. Um, but it's law, and we just have to suck it and move on. Also dropped into the bill at at, uh, uh, at the last minute was a um, measure for uh, requiring tax most built buyers and sellers of property to provide land information in New Zealand with their IRD number. Now this is a, a compliance measure because it appears um, there may be some insignificant under compliance going on in relation to reporting of sales of property which may be subject to the bright line test. Um, the Herald had a story early last week on the, earlier this week on this matter and it reported that maybe a third to two thirds of properties weren't properly complying. And then in revenue would be given the resources for it. Um, 
so watch that space. Um, I think the historically after a tax review, um, you can actually see the uh, which may or may not has decided to turn down capital gains tax, as this one, the most recent one has. The pattern is for the rules around the taxation of capital gains and in particular land transactions to be tightened either through legislation such as in 2015 with the introduction of the bright line test or with bigger enforcement from uh, from inland revenue um, speaking of inland revenue it's released the uh, kilometer rates for the business use of motor vehicles and which are applicable for the 2018-19 year a bit late you might say but that's the revenue. Um, and basically, the vehicles that are used for business use, um, you can claim up to, if it's a petrol vehicle, petrol or diesel vehicle, you can claim up to 79 cents per kilometer for the first 14,000 kilometers, and then 30 cents thereafter. A, a petrol hybrid, it drops to 19 cents after the first 14,000, and for electric vehicles, it's 9 cents. And in a related measure, which is actually uh, this, this uh, section DB18AA of the Income Tax Act 2007, um, there is a square meter rate has been uh, announced each year by Inland Revenue. And this year, it is uh, $41.70 per, $41 per for a business use per square meter for the business use portion of the building. I, I think that's actually quite a useful measure um, in here, I mean, I think uh, to give some specific guidance on to what rate uh, inland revenue thinks is acceptable. Um, my view is actually the inland revenue could do a lot more work in this space to bring in sort of standardised deductions for micro businesses, i.e., businesses that say below the GST threshold or maybe below one hundred thousand dollars of gross income, where you can say, look, you can either file a return and claim all your expenses and properly calculate it, or you can take set deductions um, based on your business, which we calculate as follows. That's a simplification measure I think could actually play out. Yes, there's people who might rot it, but and um, that's always a risk, but I think you may find making it easier for more people may get you, may broaden the net. The... The last couple of weeks, so it's been emerged. We've talked about the prescribed investor rate and the, the absolute debacle that one and a half million people, nearly half um, those on KiwiSaver or people who hold KiwiSaver accounts, have got the wrong prescribed investor rate. So this week, a bill has been introduced to try and correct that. It doesn't deal with the iniquity that if you pay too much, you get a refund. But what it enables, will enable inland revenue is as of 1st of April next year, it will be able to notify a KiwiSaver provider um, that the prescribed investor rate is incorrect and it should be changed. In any case, inland revenue has also said that from mid-July, it's going to be contacting people who are on the wrong rate and then make changes accordingly. It's a it's a useful interim measure. Um, and if inland revenues talk about how valuable its systems are um, and how, how much more um, data it's able to gather under its new uh, system, 
then over time the issue should be resolved largely resolved for most people but there is still this issue of an iniquity that you 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 pay too little you get taxed on it you pay too much you don't get a refund so really a heads i win tails i you lose approach from inland revenue and government that will require a legislative fix and that's going to be a couple of years away at, at best and finally 30th of june was the deadline for the common reporting standards uh, returns with inland revenue now these are the returns required under the oecd's automatic exchange of information and this massive data sharing um, uh, initiative between jurisdictions. Uh, this week the OECD released some data around just how big that operation is and it noted that since 2018 more than 90 jurisdictions in, in participating in the CRS have now exchanged information on 47 million offshore accounts with a total value, and I hope you're sitting down here, of 4.9 trillion euros. The OECD also revealed that information sharing has resulted in the collection of an extra 95 billion dollars of euro billion euros of uh, tax, interest, and penalties for OECD and G20 countries over the last 10 years. Now that's a that isn't a number that will only get bigger as more countries join and they start fine-tuning the reporting because we're still getting ahead around what terminology is involved. And um, the sheer amount of data that's probably swapped, they've got to sift through and understand what's valuable, what actually means that a person hasn't reported and match it um, and find then find out where the shortfalls are. But this is part of the new brave world of tax we live in. Pretty much anything that you put through your financial system will be reported back to your home jurisdiction. The big exception, and this is very ironical because this all stemmed from the Ameri from uh, America, is that the United States is not part of the common reporting standards. Um, so <clears throat> some people have pointed out that it potentially is now a haven for people to file um, to uh, salt away funds they don't want their home jurisdiction to find out about. If that will change, when that will change, we don't know. But um, there is, it's um, a rather bitter irony that having foisted the FATCA on the rest of the world, the Americans have then said, oh, well, thank you for telling us and uh, we can't be bothered telling you things. In, in reality, um, jurisdictions have got the right to share information or can ask between if they've got a double tax agreement with the united states they can ask for information but that's a slower process and they have to be very very specific about it well that's it for the week in tax i'm terry boucher and you can find this podcast on my website www.boucher.tax or wherever you get your podcasts please send me your feedback and tell tell your friends and clients until t next time have a great week Kakiti Ano.